Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host Mark Davison. Mark, how are you? G'day Matty, how you doing mate? Good, thank you mate. I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to get into our first show. So look, some of the listeners might be sitting back there right now going, who are these two Aussie larrikins on the other end of the microphone? I'm Matt Peverell, and I do a bit of writing for BTSC under the name Aussie Steeler 91. You might have read some of my Madden articles or some of my stat-heavy articles that I know I've had a bit of back- backlash on, but it's always good to stir up the fan base sometimes. But I thought I'd introduce you a little bit to Mark as well. Mark, you started the Steelers Nation Australia um, Steelers Nation Australia group. Um, give us a bit of insight yep. into how that all kicked off. Yeah, so Steelers Nation Australia, I started it on, on, on Facebook like a page. Uh, I started it back in 2017 with the sole purpose to talk Steelers football and then to meet other like-minded Australians uh, on the page. And, and yeah, basically the premise was my mates down, down under or down here were sick of me talking football all the time. I could talk it for hours, Matt. Uh, I don't know about yourself, but like I, I love this team and, and you know I could talk forever. So it really started from there. Yeah, awesome. So... Look, I thought we'd get, a, before we get into a couple of the, the great points that we wanted to share today around what it's like being an international Steelers fan, I thought you'd give listeners at home a bit, of an, a bit of an idea around how we started being, becoming a Steelers yep. fan. So give us a bit of insight into what got you started on this crazy journey that is being a Steelers fan on the other side of the world. Yeah, well, it's awesome and it's, it's truly unique as well. So for me personally... Uh, my Steelers fandom started uh, back in, I'd say, 1998 when I was a little young fellow. I must have been like seven, eight, nine years old. Um, started playing the Sega with Madden. Madden's a big thing here. So when that came out, I uh, started playing that with my brothers and I started watching football movies like The Replacements, Remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, all those cool movies come out. And, and you know, The Waterboy, when that came out and then people were hitting each other and it was like, what is this sport? I want to know more. Uh, and that led into... Uh, when I first got like my Madden 04, and I was like, okay, look, I'm playing Madden. I'm starting to understand the game a bit more. I'm like, okay, who, I need to choose a team. And for me with the Steelers, I, I chose a team solely based on the colors alone. And that time it was black and yellow. So I didn't know uh, about the four trophies. I didn't know about black and gold. Uh, I started then, and uh, well, Tommy Maddox was, was uh, a, a quarterback back then, and Dan Creeder. Those two names stick out to mind. And I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. Uh, and just as I wasn't a big fan, but that's where it all started. Uh, and then it's, it's gone on from now 2020 and, you know, it's gone on from there. How about yourself, Matt? Yeah, so like you, I uh, I had a mate that had Madden 02 or 04. Um, and I think for every listeners at home, you know, Madden cops a bit of a bad rap a lot of the time. But as an international fan, Madden has done an incredible job internationally. I know obviously we can speak from Australia, but and really getting fans into the game, um, getting them introduced to to – gridiron or NFL football so like you I had a mate that uh had 0204 as I said there and you know absolutely used to get creamed when I thought he was gonna throw it he'd run it up the guts and when I thought he was gonna run it up the guts and and I threw a blitz at him he'd, he'd throw a Hail Mary over the top of my head and it was you know 50 nil every time so it that was a bit of a tough experience but my mum uh, went over to the US in 2006 and came back with a with a Darren Sproles jersey of the Chargers, and I was sort of thought, oh, okay, like you know, it was a cool gift, whatever. So then I watched a couple of Chargers games, and that was back when you know at 
you know, Antonio Gates was in his prime with Philip Rivers, and I think they went one of those years they went, you know, fourteen and two and what have you. So that sort of got me watching a bit very casually. But I kept watching this this team from Pittsburgh, the Steelers, and um, you know, so casually still kept watching a bit of Chargers, bit of Steelers, and then you know. Once the Chargers moved to LA, I, um, and I hadn't really, you know, gone too solid on either team, but when the Chargers moved to LA, I was like, I'm not supporting an LA team, and that really, I guess, gave me the freedom to go full solid on the Steelers. And within a couple of weeks, I watched every, you know, documentary of a football wife, and I was watching YouTube, and I was reading old game game reviews and stuff like that, and it just became an absolute obsession for me, which I think it is for a lot of listeners on the call. It's, um, you know, it. it you know, that are listening to this one, this uh, podcast from us. But, you know, and since then it's just thrived. You know, um, we'll talk a little bit later about, uh, you know, going and watching the Steelers um, ourselves and what that experience was like. But for me, I got to do that last year. So um, after three or four years of some really intense fandom. So, look, that's a bit about my experience. But we've touched a little bit there. One of the things that listeners might be really interested in, is, is the game day experience for what it is for us. You know, they get to fire up the grill and, you know, get the family around the TV and, you know, might have a couple of beverages with their mates and that sort of stuff. But you and I have a very different style of game day. So, Mark, give us a bit of an insight into what your game day ritual looks like. Oh, man, for us down under in Australia, it's completely different. So even, like, for your 1 p.m. games, we have to wake up at 3 a.m. Uh, we don't get the privilege of going down to the pub or, uh, you know, having a, a tailgate party. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just what we have to do in, in Australia. So, like, uh, as fans, uh, it's, 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 it's quite crazy. Like, we – I don't – sometimes I don't even go to sleep. I stay up from 12. I'm so excited. The 1 p.m. game's on. I have to get up at 3. Uh, and if it's the uh, – we're lucky sometimes on, on if it's a night game, it's 10 a.m., which is good. So then we can like have breakfast and, and start watching the game. But yeah, it's quite a crazy experience for us uh, uh, being down under. But we love it. Like I know you do too. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get up. Like what do you do with your game day? Yeah, so look, I'm a bit of a bit of a sad or crazy fan and I'm always sleeping in some Steelers stuff. So I've got like my little my Steelers bed shirt that I'm sleeping in generally. And yeah. so keen to wake up. want to wake up in the colors when the alarm goes off to watch that game and Generally, you know, as you say, they're 3 or 5 a.m.ers. Um, you know, then we, I sort of generally time, if it's a work day as well, I sort of time having a shower about half time, and then I get to watch the third quarter while I have brekkie, and then, you know, the fourth quarter sometimes watched on the commute to work, and other times I, I get to hang back for it, um, depending on the timing, as you said there. And, you know, the big games, often I try and take a day of, a day of annual leave or um, as well, so I'm taking a, a leave day there to make sure I'm home watching it. Um, we're pretty lucky though. A few of the different games that have fallen that have been big games the last few years have been on, you know, public holidays down under as well, which has been really, yeah. really lucky. Um, but I think the other one too is the Thursday night games. I mean, the Thursday night games for us hit about Friday lunchtime, so Friday day. That's a that's a good one if you go, if you know your workplace is heading out to the pub or having on in the background. It's a bit of a lighter sort of situation. I'm lucky enough in my workplace that we've generally got the sport on the TV in the backgrounds and I can usually hijack one of the big screens there and be working next to that. So that that's a really exciting one for me that, you know, as I said, sometimes it's really around taking those days of leave off and heading down to one of the sports bars and a couple of mates, particularly if you've got a derby there. Um, but as we sort of 
describe a little bit about the, this experience, this difference that we've got down under. How else about being a fan? Tell us a little bit about what it's like. I mean, you know, there's a 14-hour time difference between yep. us and, and, and us in Pittsburgh. And, you know, whilst we're technically in the future, for all those listeners out there, when you're listening to this, it's the, the next day for us. But you often feel like you're a little bit behind at the same time. You know, you, you feel like you're in this cycle and it feels really, really, really weird sometimes. But, yeah, give us a bit of insight into what the fan experience is like for you, Mark. So for the experience for myself uh, personally and for Australian fan down under, like it's a bit of a like a process, like it's a learning curve. Like when I started learning the game uh, through Madden, through TV, through films, like and that was in 2004, and then I became really passionate. I think about like 2008, like like as I started getting older. But each year was just um, just get more passionate, and you wake up. But for like the the game day experience, or just, actually just being a fan in general, like I wear my I wear my colours and and my shirts around. Um, around i'm from the coast which is a uh, hour north from matt here um and people sometimes don't even know who we are like but i i if i run into a fan uh i could talk the ear off like to be honest like i could i know i don't know i don't know a lot but i've got so much passion for this team in the game and and i just for, for me it's a, it's a it's a chess match like when you see one player um you know they might have the best skill set as a receiver but you've got joe hayden on the other side who is just not going to let him go all day? That's me. That intrigues me so much. So, the experience down under, it's, it's just it's unbelievable because like I can't talk it to many people <laughs> down here. I don't know about yourself, but it is so hard to find people. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that. I um I wear a lot of Steelers gear everywhere as well. Um, try and have different. Sh- you know, got obviously a lot of the sports and the training gear. So when you're doing any of that, you get to rep rep the colours, but. Have a few shirts as well that I get to wear. I wear. I'm like, yeah, I work in a sort of casual workplace, so I get to wear a Steelers jumper or a Steelers t-shirt every day. As sad as that might sound for some of the listeners out there, but you know, you're really right. And I think you talk about experience. And I mentioned there the 14 hours. So, you know, often when I'm heading to bed, I'm winding down when I'm watching the first hour of Good Morning Football, which is really good because I get to go to sleep with all the news, and then I get to wake up um, in the morning and all the BTSC articles are out. Um, you know, all the different, you see my phone's blowing up with all the notifications from all the guys like your Ian Rappaport's and your Adam Schefter's and those sorts of guys at the NFL Network um, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, and recently, I moved recently from the other side. So Mark mentioned he was an hour up the coast. I live in Sydney, you know, the capital city of New South Wales here in Australia, obviously the home to the Sydney Opera House and the Harbour Bridge that everyone had everyone had know. And we recently moved to the other side of the other side of Sydney, and we do this coastal walk. I'm lucky to live near the near the coast, like Mark as well. Um, obviously, a bit of a time difference. And I wear my Steelers gear on that walk. And the other day, I saw a, a guy in his Steelers um, hooded jumper, his sweat jumper, and and he just gave me a nod, and I gave him a yeah. nod. We didn't have to say a word to each other, but you just there was this respect level. Um, and often yeah. I. I find that when you wear the Steelers colours, you just get respect. Then there's something to be said there for those six Super Bowls. There's there's respect. Yeah, um, 100%. And particularly, as Mark, you know, you know all too well down under here, there are a lot of bandwagoners. There are a lot of people that say they're a Patriots fan. They, they, they watch all the games. That say they know it inside out. They talk about, you know, everything oh. under the sun. And you just sit there and, you, and it just makes you want to groan, you know, 
it doesn't do, do you mind, man? Do you mind if I jump in and tell one yeah, quick story about it. that? Yeah, go for so it. So you talk about the bandwagons, and this hurt my soul. So I was in the Grand Canyon with my mate doing Kentucky. I'm in the middle of this room. Another bloke's talking to, uh, uh, you know, a couple of Sheilas, as we call them here as well, in a, in a uh, hotel. And he's talking football, talking NFL. And uh, in this room, I sit back, and I was a second day Kentucky. Didn't want to show my cards too strongly, right, Matt? Yeah. So as I did this, he starts talking about the NFL, and he thinks he knows it all. He's a good bloke, but... He just he said something so silly. So as I hear him talking, one of the girls and one of the ladies ask him, uh, "Hey, hey, uh, I can't remember. Oh, it was Rob. Hey, Rob. Oh, uh, not not wasn't Rob. Uh, hey, how is uh, how many points for a touchdown?" And as uh, he started to do his answer, and then he says five, five. He said five, Matt, and I almost lost it. I was Bloody like, "Are you hell, joking?" <laughs> Pardon? I said bloody hell, mate. I mean, honestly. I, I almost lost it. And then my mate in the corner doesn't know too much about football. He said he gave me like a nod of approval. Is that okay? And I went, no, that's not okay. It's six. Like, so we do run into these fans who don't know much about the game, but but we try and t- teach them and it's a lot. It's a learning curve. As you know, it's a learning curve. As Tomlin would say, a teachable moment, a teachable moment. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but that to me was just funny. And I'll never forget it. Uh, he thought he was king that day. Yeah, and, and and look, the experience here as well, as you say, like it's it, it's really it's a nice one when you find someone that really feels they might go for another team, you know, and 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 that that's all right. But it's really great when you do you do wear your colours, and people have happy to have a chat with you about it, you know. People are happy to go, you know, who are, they recognise the logos, you know, they, they they understand the Super Bowl. I mean, it might be quite funny for um, all our, all our American listeners, but. I mean, I can remember since grade eight, all the teachers, when it was Super Bowl day, because Super Bowl often falls for us on the Monday, right? Well, it always yep. falls on the Monday, but it depends on what time. Um, yep. But I remember the Super Bowl would be on because it was like this marketable event. And, and from grade seven or eight, it didn't matter what you were, you know, how interested or how not interested you were in it. You were watching the Super Bowl, you know. But I know for some of the – I remember some of the – you know, the girls in the class that would all be around watching the halftime show and some of the other guys would be like sitting there going, this is just a massive production. And then there was all the sports fans in the, in the room that were just like, wow, what is this? And even for that four or five hour time window, everyone would pick a team, pick their colors and the banter was on, you know? Yep. So it is really a different experience um, for us down under. But look, we've, uh, we've delved into a few things, a few things here, but we might just take a break on Steelers Radio. And, uh, and we'll be back with you in a moment. Awesome. So we've talked a little bit about experience of what it's like on the other side of the world, Mark, but it'd be great to hear a little bit about what it was like going to your first game at Heinz Field. That first game, watching the Steelers, probably as well watching them in a pretty crisp and chilly you know, chilly setting as well, um, which would be in the low, what we call degrees Celsius. Um, you know, waving that terrible towel gives a bit of insight into what it was like going to your first game. And when did you go to your first game? Yeah, well, Matt, do you have a spare three hours? Or <laughs> well, I do, like, but I, think, I don't know if our listeners yeah. do. So, yeah give, yeah, give us your best shot, mate. <laughs> no, like, again, this is probably the funnest thing to talk about with any Steeler fans. So, uh, and this is in the making of being a Steelers fan for 17 years from down under, like a million miles away, 14 hour difference. Like it's it just incredible. So the first time I saw the stadium was 2015. Uh, I went to America for the first time. But however, the first time I saw a Pittsburgh Steelers game, 
uh, was Christmas Day, Steelers versus Ravens, uh, and the AFC North title was on the line. I paid about $1,000 for my seats. I, did, I did not care. Was that I just wanted the best seat. Was that 1000 American or 1000 Aussie? No, it was actually it was actually about four hundred and fifty dollars Canadian, okay. uh, around that around that number. Yeah. And I was working over in Canada at the time, um, and I told my boss that I was I was going away. Um, I wanted ten days off Christmas. We we fought a bit, went back and forth, and then finally, because if you want it bad enough, you'll get it. And I got it off, and I went to Pittsburgh Christmas. One of the best in my birthday as well was on the twenty fourth of December. So I had that day. Saw a Pens game before, like Jeff loves the Pens. I think I believe they 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 versed the New Jersey Devils one four one or something similar, uh, but they're going to the game. Let's get back to that. Going back down to the game was unbelievable. Like I went down to Jerome Bettis Bar and Grill, had a had a few beers there, a shot there, uh, walked myself to the stadium. I'm going up the tunnel, up and down the tunnel, and I'm yelling out, "Here we go, Steelers!" I'm by myself. I'm by myself. Like, it's, I'm just, I'm a loser. But, but everyone's doing it. And there's 68,000 people and they're all wearing black and gold. Uh, and then I finally get to my seat and I meet, I meet um, some lovely people. There was two blokes next to me, two old fellas that didn't want to talk the game. They just crossed their arms the whole game. That was a bit boring. But <laughs> the guys on my, a uh, lady on my left, uh, right hand side, she was awesome. Uh, the One of the best moments from that game, I know it, it could, you might think, Matt, AB, I'm going to spin this one on you. It was Lawrence Timmons tackling Joe Flacco. That <laughs> made my night. And I've watched that play a million times. Mate, you know, I, 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 yeah, mate. when I did that and, and he, he rocked him, I was like, wow, this is it. Um, and to end off the night, we won the AFC North. I took some photos. I, I got, got my video. And then I actually I stayed back half an hour as the loser that I am. And I just looked at the stadium. Because there's not many times as Australian fans we can we can go there, you know. And I I, I reckon you would have a similar story, man. I, I'm keen to hear yours. Yeah. So I I was lucky enough to head over last year at the Bills game. Um, I know I know some of the BTSC guys were at that one, and we tried to meet up, and I know they got caught in some crazy traffic. Um, but I literally, you know, it was just about really almost this time last year, a little bit earlier, and I went, looked at the once the schedule got released, and I sat there and I went. The Bills. I went the Bills. I was like, if the Steelers are going to be in it, in the hunt, whether they're in the hunt for the playoffs or whether they're fighting for home field advantage, they're definitely, that Bills game is going to be good. And the Bills are an up-and-coming team. They've got great defense. They're drafted well. I thought that is the matchup you want to be at. We've been planning a US trip and we were just planning it around being able to go see some Steelers as well. Um, and so, booked that in on the radar. Um, managed to get some season ticket holder seats um, that, that weren't able to make that game, obviously. And so for the rest of the season, it was a bit, bit bait of breath for me and watching the dips and obviously there were the losses at the start of the season and I was thinking, well, it's going to be an awesome experience. It doesn't matter if the state, you know, they go into that game, um, you know, it was week 15, so even if they go in the game 0-14, and 14, you know, I don't, or 0-13, I don't, I don't care. But, you know, I did think, as the season started to build and the Steelers came back in the hunt, I was starting to think, hang on a second, this is going to be a rip-roaring match. So we flew into Pittsburgh. Everyone had warned us about the the, the, the winds, the winds that get chilly to your bones yep. off uh, three rivers, yep. the three rivers. So I'll never forget, we came out of that airport the night before. We've just seen Franco in the airport and come down the yep. escalators, come outside, and oh my God, it hit us like a ton of bricks. It was absolutely freezing. Um, woke up, so that was the night before, 
Um, so we, we, we dropped everything at the hotel um, and we went out to Jerome Bettis Grill for, a, for a, 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 I guess, a night before the game feed. Um, absolutely beautiful there. They treated us really well. There were lots of Bills fans that had traveled down and it was a really cool atmosphere. A Penguins game was on the screen. We had an absolute ball there. My partner just absolutely loved it as well. She was she was getting pumped for the game by this stage. We booked a hotel on one of the ones that overlooks the stadium because I had to. All I wanted to do was wake up on game day, open my curtains, and go. <laughs> There's there it is. So it was across yeah. the river. Um, yeah. I actually though I do have to say as the crazy fan I am the. After we had a, had a couple of beverages at Jerome Better Grill, we did a bit of a walk around Heinz Field, and it was all lit up, and it was really, really cool to get those photos. Um, so wake up game day, as I said, we've opened the curtains up, and uh, looking at it, we then went down to we went walked across the bridges. We went there. We got a few. We got our terrible towels, so we went to a couple of stores around there. Went and got a vintage or a you know retro Mean Joe Green. Had to get a Mean Joe Green on this trip. Um, I only had my TJ Watt before that, so got my Mean Joe, got um, a Color Rush Juju um, to match yep. my partner's Juju. Got a couple of other gear, bits of gear as well. And then we uh, we headed off to some lunch where we ran into lots of other Steelers fans. Um, went back, dropped off a few things, got ready to go again. Went, went and I was by this stage, I was tweeting with uh, with Dave and, and Dave and Brian about meeting up in the tailgate. We went and got some got some drinks and then headed down to the tailgate, watched one of the Steelers bands in the parking lot, which was amazing. Um, started talking to all these different people um, and then we headed into the stadium and, and just started that really pre-match entertainment. Like you, it was just an amazing experience. You just sit there, stood there the whole time in disbelief. Never Only one thing you one thing you've missed. Oh, yeah. Renegade. Renegade. I haven't missed it. I was getting to it. Oh, okay, okay. So memorable get me- exactly the two memorable things for me from that Bill game, Bills game, was Stephen Nelson's interception. I just I knew as soon as that ball left Josh Allen's hand and just seeing where Stephen Nelson was lined up, I was like, he's he's taking this. I could just see exactly the way he'd, he'd marked up, the way he'd set himself up pre-snap. I just thought. This is going. He's going to get this. Mm-hmm. But as you say, they're renegade. There, is, there is no way that what we see on TV replicates renegade when you're in the flesh. I don't think I have weighed. It's not, nothing better. Nothing. I, I the way I that the the effort I put into turning that terrible towel. Oh my god! It will never for ne- I will never forget it. And I was really lucky. There's a lovely video of me doing it out there, and I I look at it all the time, and I just think, wow, and I. Can only imagine what it's like there for um for all the players as well. You know to have that sort of pump up, mm-hmm. um, and even now, listen, putting that on my one of my playlists, and you listen to that, and you just go, it just gives you chills down the spine. It, really. it does give you chills. I, I heard two the Christmas Day game. We had two, and the lady next to me said, "You're lucky you've got two Renegades." I went, "You're joking!" Like it, it's, it's renegade and 68,000 fans and you know you're all one and the same and you're all wearing black and gold and you're just like, let's go. Like, I'm getting chills too. It's 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 something that like, and, and I appreciate as, as an Australian fan, like we come so far away and here I am swinging a towel. Like, That's I love it. it. Like, I renegade know. is the best. It's Every Steeler fan has to get to a game, America, Argentina, Australia, wherever. You have to get there and partake in Renegade and, and that atmosphere is unbelievable. 
And, and look, it, you say that. I've been to some massive sporting fixtures with 110,000 people and it did not have the atmosphere of 68,000 people absolutely waving those terrible towels like nothing else in the world matters. And you know what? In that moment, nothing else in the world matters. So nothing. My, uh, froze, my, froze to- uh, my froze are tozen? Yeah. <laughs> so, totally yeah, frozen. absolute amazing experience. Um, I didn't want to leave. Uh, it was it was just I just wanted to stand there in the freezing cold and just go, yep. yeah, this is the place for me. And look, even now, you know, watching the training camp video just last week when it aired and I just sort of looked at the stadium and thought, I've been there, I've done that, I can't wait to go back, you know. So like, um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So we talked a little bit about our experience. We talked a little bit about, what it's like being, you know, across the other side of the world, 14-hour time difference. You know, we even use a different system over here, the metric system, which probably has everyone with their head in their hands when we start talking metric system. But um, who are the players? And we talked a little bit about Madden and what have you, but who are the players that got you got you into Steelers football? That, you know, when you're a young fan, you really latch on to the personalities, you know, behind the performances you see on the field. Who were those players that just absolutely got you raring to go? Yeah, so like I've got I've got two here. Well, you know, um, I'm going to start with defense, and this all comes back to Madden 2004. Um, and this might shock some people, but my favorite player at the very beginning, and and he's unreal what he did, and he was just like the anchor. 51 James Farrier. He was just so fun to watch. Uh, he was very vocal. He knew how to. Like, it, and this always comes back to Madden a little bit. I don't know if we were offending Madden players, and I'm not sure, but um, the way you played the game, you used the middle linebacker all the time. And that was Farrier. And watching him play and, and then, you know, seeing me play him on the game and then watching him in, in real life, he was one of my favorite players at the, at the very start. Um, heading into, like, if it's, like, on the offensive side, um, the first thing that came to mind uh, right now is, is uh, remember a bloke, a young bloke called Amos Zeraway? Oh, that you bring back some memories now. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't there very long, but he was super fast, super super fast. So the fans who can remember Amos Saraway, I think he only played a few seasons. But when I was first starting watching the game, he was super quick. Uh, I'm not even sure he was passing him the rock, but he he was all over the place. He was so fun to watch. Along with him too, in the same generation, Veron Haynes. He was he was around that time. Um, all these guys in the bus came in there too. Like these guys are just, just fun. I, I do like the run, the running game, but my, the defense is my my heart. I love, love seeing a, uh, a strip sack or a takeaway or interception. So those are my guys. What about you, Matt? Who who are your fellas? Look, I you talk a little about Madden there. If Polamalu was just for me, I mean it it. Look, I come from a bit of a defense like you, Mark, background, you know, whether it's basketball, when I was playing basketball as a kid or, you know, in rugby, really had respect for the guys that had hit hard and show their passion. And so Palomalu, both in that Madden aspect, but really his gameplay. I mean, you just see him line people up and he just, he always seemed like he was being, you know, the whisper from God or, he, you know, was one step ahead. He just, he knew exactly where to be, how to make it happen and just to make that absolute difference when, when, it, when it counted. Um, so I, I can't speak highly enough of Polamalu. Like it, it, I can't. And every listener that's you know, listening to us today, the fond memories, we all have a story there of where we were when he made X, Y, Z interception or whether he, you know, got, you know, that, that massive hit that jarred it loose. 
but didn't it, you know it doesn't matter we've all got our story there and we all latch on to how good Polamalu was and great to see him now getting inducted into the Hall of Fame yep for me though and I think it was one that I, I really remember and I thought he was just such a big personality and we've talked a little bit about him already um, and certainly when I started my sort of Steelers indoctrination you know watching the documentary about him was a big one for me but it's Bussy. It's Jerome Bettis. I mean, yeah. what greatest story! Like for him to come into the Steelers, you know, really try to, really actually properly kickstart his career and get something going. Hear that heart, that passion, that bulldozer mentality. Um, just huge. It's infectious. And then you know, you think about the story of you know coming back to try and being promised to win that Super Bowl and doing it, you know, in his hometown as well. Like I. For me, that was just that's epic. That's epic stuff, and I mean that's that's next on my jersey list. It's a bussy. Um, definitely want to definitely want to get one of those. Um, so yeah, they were the, they were the two guys that captured it for me. I mean, I know he gets a lot of a lot of flack as well, but there was you know it's hard to go past in those Super Bowl years. You know, guys like Hines, you know Mendenhall, and when I say flack, mm-hmm. he gets a lot of flack. But yeah. it, it was game game difference. I had a lot of respect. Heinz Ward, I think, when you're looking from an international perspective, I think locally a lot of people would associate down under Steelers with Heinz Ward. Um, mm-hmm. Loved a lot of Heath Miller as well, and I know we sort of said we talked yes. a couple of players, but I think that the what Heath was able to do for us, you know, when you're in a, when you're an international fan and you can pick up, it's a bit easier at the start to pick up on the offensive side of the ball and understanding the tight end position. You know, there's a very sim- there's a big similarities to some of the other positions in you know what we have over here in rugby union and, and rugby league, and um, so I think and from the offensive side of those positions, so it's quite interesting, you know, looking at what Heath was able to do and the passion that he showed and the difference that he made. So always love watching a bit of Heath as well. That's that's another one on the jersey list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So, well, obviously, we've got a little bit of slang and we come from down under and there's a lot of mates and we say a little bit about that. Um, we've got a bit of our own terminology. So what we thought we'd do, which would be quite special, and we're keen to continue this each week as we, as, as we uh, join, you, join you through the, through your stereos or your headsets, is give you a bit of taste and flavor for down under. And we're going we're gonna to get you up on all the lingo, all the jargon um, as we go through. So we're each going to get a word. An Aussie slang word, which we might say quite frequently, um, and and we're going to sort of upskill you because we are going to really always talk Steelers, and we're going to try and obviously really, really talk in a way that anyone can understand. But you know, we're Australian, and we're gonna we're gonna own that. We love that. We're proud of it. Um, oh yeah. So, Mark, what is your word for this week that you would like to upskill the Steelers fan base about? So that they can understand <laughs> some of the stuff we well, actually say to each other. That's the key word. I hope you know throughout this duration they actually they can understand us because we you know we do have accents and our our words. I've always told people over in America we we grab the sentence, we chop it up in seven different bits, we put it in a blender, and we throw it out, and we let you decipher what you want. Um, before this uh, exercise, let's go with I, I like the word uh, fair dinkum. So a lot of you might have heard that, but I would say many upon many have not heard of fair dinkum. So basically, what fair dinkum means, man, and you've used this probably a few times at work, uh, it just means like true, like it means like that is true, or like 
Uh, if I give you one example, so let's let's say you didn't you didn't watch the game, or you had no idea about the score, and then you asked one of your mates or your friends and said, "Hey, hey, hey, buddy, uh, what what did you know? What was the score between the Steelers versus Browns?" And then your mate goes back and says, uh, "The Steelers won forty nil," and you would respond with, "Fair income. like it just blows you away. Like it's just truth. Like wow, like that's that's unreal. So we use that, and I think if you know, even if we didn't have this little segment, we would you would pick up on a lot of our slang. And like I said, I hopefully you can understand us uh, as we are from the future. So it's a little bit different. But I want to hear yours, man. I'm keen, and there's one too. I'm keen to hear yours. So I'm going to pick up a little one, and I'm going to have a little bit of a dig. As an Australian NFL fan, as an Australian that's been to the US now five times, there's one little thing. I love the Yanks. I love the Yanks. But there's one little thing that get that you know just grinds you that little bit. It's a little bit. It's not quite the chalk. You know the fingernails down the chalkboard, but it still gets you. And that's that's around when they say arsies, arsies. Now I get it. It's spelled Australia. It's got an S in it. But down under we say Aussies, like Aussie Osborne, Aussie Newsom. For us, it is with the Zeds. So if we can get every listener out there to start when they're talking about Aussies to start saying Aussies, you know, get that Z out like the zebra. That'd, that'd be awesome. I'd love to start to see yeah. some of the Yanks do that. Um, you know, you accentuate that Z like you, you do in Yinza. Absolutely accentuate it. Yeah. So for me, it's, for me, it's around Aussies, not Aussies. So that's, that's, that's my <laughs> word for the week. Mine's a little bit more of a, a teachable moment, if you like, but that's my word of the week. So yeah, that's look, awesome. So look, before we give it a bit of a wrap, I wondered, uh, we've obviously got the season starts in, a, in, a, in a, you know, less than a couple of weeks. Give us an idea or a bit of an inkling in terms of how you feel it's going to go. What is the Steelers' record going to be in 2020? Right. So this is a, you know, a big question you've got to, got to ask every Steeler fan. Um, so like for me, a little bit of background of this, I think this is one, every Steeler fan says this every single year, but this is the best team we've seen in a long time. Like this defense is the, is, is the Mecca. Like this is the best defense in 2008. I, I, I believe, uh, we have big, big Ben back. So I, I think, you know, there's, there's no reason they can't win the AFC North. The, the Ravens will be hard, a hard challenge. The Browns and, and Bungles, they won't do anything. Let's be real. Um, but they wouldn't. They win the AFC North, and I've got the, the Steelers at twelve and four. I only see them maybe splitting with the Ravens, um, and then an Eagles game. I think we're versus the Eagles. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're always tough. So they got. You have to lose. And Tomlin always says, you know, win every win three out of four every quarter, and they'll do that. They'll do twelve and four. What are your thoughts, Matt? Well, you took my number there a little bit. I'm. I think they're going to be a couple of heartbreaking losses. I think they're going to be ones where we're in it or we might lose in overtime. I'm going to, because you did take where I was sort of my gut feel a little bit is, I'm going to go 11 and 5. I'm going to go 11 and 5. But I have very high hopes and I really think that we're, you know, we're headed to a minimum of the, you know, divisional round. We, we are, we're going to hit the playoffs and we're going to, we're going to make it through the first week or two, at least, at least. So, um, yeah, and I, and I think as well for Steelers fans, it might be a bit of a rough start. Big Ben might have a couple of tough weeks, but I think you'll see that middle of the season, particularly you know around week six, week seven, you really start to see the Steelers hit their stride, really start mm-hmm. to hit their stride. 
where the offense is able to really support that defense, the defense is going to obviously be massive for us. I mean, as you said, best in so way. I mean, when you've got TJ Watt, you've got, you know, Stefan Tewitt, Cameron Hayward, Bud Dupree, you've got, you know, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, and of course, Minka Fitzpatrick. My gosh. And you know what? After listening to some of Jeffrey Benedict's analysis, you know, in the over the last sort of six weeks, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not, uh, you know, too hating on uh, Terrell Edmonds either. I, I think he might surprise a few people this year. So with that, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it call it a wrap. Um, obviously, every listener out there, keep listening to BTSC behind you know all the different family of podcasts, whether it's Michael Beck, Tony Duffio, Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, the big man Brian Anthony Davis, Big Bro Skull, Skull as well, Jeffrey Benedict. Get on there, listen to those guys. They've got a plethora of information. Jump onto behindthesteelcurtain.com. Get infuriated with a Madden article that I might have written, even if you don't play it. Just give me a bit of stick. Um, and from the two blokes, touchdown under, the Steelers, touchdown under, your newest podcast in the BTSC family, from the two guys that drive on the wrong side of the road, that live in the future, that use that confusing metric system. See you later, mate. See you, mate.